good people of Los Angeles on your digital monitors, in your headphones, in your car, on your stereo system, and on your remote speakers everywhere. Tonight's FCFC pod is a remote one, but it's a family edition. We've got all six members of the regularly rotating FCFC cast reassembled. We're hopping planes, we're hopping trains, we're dipping and dodging, but we're all together tonight to talk childhood. That's right, childhood memories, maybe video game uh, inspired match day posters might be coming through because we got ac coming live from north hollywood reliving some of the park land memories that he's got and kind of spin wheeling cartwheeling into all the different directions fcfc can and does go through and we got family pods in effect wally ryan wallerson is back in effect as well from the east coast moved back to venice and we got edgar and your regular three ace or uh slim tweez spice I'm all over the place. Slam, you want to hit him with the warning? We're on the internet, so there's no background noise, but we're still cussing. Fuck you guys. Love you guys. Bye. FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod, where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. It's your boy Slim. Sitting under me through the digital realm is the spicy one. New York shouted, Josh Spice. Aha! Oh, God. <laughs> and returning from the wife's motherland, from Tealandia from Pleaty Pans. I don't know. The Dweez is back from Japan, y'all. Getting off me like I can't make the noise. How hard is that noise to make on that record? Okay. What 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 record were you trying to the the Silent Hill off the Kendrick album? Uh, Uh, you've been listening to it a lot, huh? You already doing noises? I'm trying to do noises. And back on the pod, it's a family pod this evening, y'all. And we have a friend of ours back to join us from making amazing graphics for every match day for all of us to gawk over. All of our inner nerdy self-children that that started on Nintendos and 64s to PlayStation to Sega Genesis and everything beyond. We have... The man from NoHo, AC, is on the digital webs with us this evening. Uh, Unmute yourself and say hello, AC. Hey, everybody. We are here, North Hollywood. You already know. Accompanied with some wonderful wonderful gents here by my side, virtually on the stream yard. Uh, But yeah, really stoked to be on. Really thankful for those kind words. Slimothy, you already know. 
Uh, but yeah, you guys have really been killing those flyers, bro. Like everyone just kind of you you can tell who the nerds are of the thirty two fifty two because in those chats, when it drops, like the people that get it right away, mm -hmm. and yeah, you you you're, you're bringing out everyone's inner nerd. Wait, like, Slip, can, can you hit? Can you uh, clue us in on what your some of your favorite uh, covers have been so far? Things that stick out. Uh, the Miami one. Which was the oh Miami Vice one? Yeah, um, man, I'm a stoner, so like my memory's not great. Let me let me go back to <laughs> let me look it up real quick. Why are you putting me on the spot? I see your ass looking it up right now too, as you ask the the, ha the Halo one. The oh, Halo yeah. one was iconic. The, the Golden Halo. Eye, Golden Eye, with Ilya as James Bond as Pierce Brosnan. And I think yeah. we've already had we've already had the Mario Kart too, right? AC. No, nah, we did. We no, did that was Smash Super Mario, Brothers. Smash Brothers, oh, Smash, we did Smash Brothers, and and then we did, uh, or, yeah, Jeff Jeff got both of those. Luckily, and I was like, dude, these are fucking great. He he killed those Nintendo ones, but yeah, yeah they've been super fun young for that Nintendo shit, dog. Nah, <laughs> not even man. I was I'm not that young. But I mean, not that old. like I don't know. Fuck, I'm not that young. Wait, <laughs> how old are you again? I'm uh 24. This shit show young ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, but I, I right, no, when I, you when you were like like uh -huh. seven or eight, when like you were really getting into video games, probably is like yeah. I, I feel like I was. Like, what was the main game system that was out? Wasn't it PlayStation? So, for sure, it was like a combination of like three things. I'd say it was like the PS2, the GameCube, and you were on the two. Get your young ass out of here, dog. No, but what's crazy is you look like... You never blew into a cartridge, son? No, bet, bet. So, like, what's crazy is that, like, I obviously was, like, this was, like, what was, like, really popping. And, like, a lot of people had, like, you know, all these different consoles. And, like, my parents were always, like, the ones that were, like, oh, like, you're kind of going to, like, gradually work your way up to, like, the more expensive stuff, I guess. So, okay. like, bro, I was on so much, like, just, like random like not even like i'd say even like you know older tier i guess consoles probably one would say now but like it's like i was playing like motherfucking like those like you, you remember those like three little cords you'd connect to the back of your tv and it'd be just like a straight like like joystick type of like console mm -hmm. and it would come preloaded with like a ton of games that and shit that were like the first weird. nintendo though <laughs> dude no oh my god <laughs> Nah, but yeah, I mean, dude, this fucking series has been so much fun. Like, I think the, when, like, Marcus was the one who, who actually mentioned it first and was like, yo, like, what if we were to just do, like, video games this year? And, like, Jeff brought the idea to me and I was like, all right, like, this is pretty cool. Like, I'm curious to see how we'll pull it off because, like, the movie poster shit was, like, so on the nose and it was really fun and, like, people would catch it. But it's like, you know, with video games, like you said, there's just such a core following of people that just, like, know what like it is on first glimpse so mm -hmm. you know when i think for sure one of the like one of my personal favorites had to have been probably like that halo one just because off of the bat i mean you can just immediately tell what game it is and for people to like go into it and just be like all right well like carlos looks cool in it but like damn look at that lafc the way like it looks like a xbox you know case cover art type of thing so it's like always trying to go into get those details and shit it's super fun and like you know, just I think as a kid, always having like those like mom and pop video game stores around that like carried a ton of these games and like still are actively around. It's like 
kind of it's it's so cool to just like look up these like websites or like go to the stores and kind of just get that like inspiration in person such a such a smart concept to run with this season man yes yeah you and jeff you you smart creative motherfuckers i love you guys and marcus thank you man no i mean it's it's super sick but we're we're stoked to keep them running for sure we, we got a ton more ac baby he sounds like he's in a submarine but he's in north hollywood and he's oh, got man. the glowing lights to prove it and the <laughs> north hollywood hat to match yeah yo <laughs> yo guys we got another guest here baby let's rock him in there he is baby come on let's hey! that was like the most like trl entrance ever dude he just like, popped <laughs> into the screen this shit is crazy what I miss. We have Edgar Gadibai of the NFL joining us in this evening. <laughs> the NFL's very own. Real football. USA. You uh, no, I'm just sorry. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Show me your pits. Woo! Oh. Oh, no free pits. Vibrant. Man. Vibrant. We might need to release this video and start our OnlyFans because <laughs> no free Only prints pictures. Patreon didn't Only really friends. work out, so maybe we gotta start selling some feet pics. Oh shit! You Who got friend. the prettiest feet here? It's definitely not me. I, I was, yeah. Your your gout, <laughs> your, your gout know, ass Josh, toes. Josh, Josh definitely got his shit, so I'm gonna just say Josh. I don't know. Bro, I don't know. I, I gotta, I gotta cut them, cut them joints. Dweez runs too much, and Edgar runs too much. That's my fear with. Yeah, I think Josh is you. You got it, Josh. It's all good. You gotta cut him a little bit, but you know, some of us we got problems that we can't just cut away. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, the whole family's here. Look at us. I know. We're, we should text Ryan and tell him to get on. <laughs> I might. I might. Well, I mean, where where are we going with this episode, Josh Spice? This is going to be uh, a North Hollywood special um, in honor, in in complete respect for AC Noho and the, and his hood, the one he claims very proudly on all his hats and half of his clothing. <laughs> um, we, we're gonna we're gonna take a little blast of the past and talk about a little. Uh, the best of North Hollywood, but also I think AC might turn this around on us and uh, go back to memory lane and give some of our favorite first everything memories from our childhood homes, from our current homes. Does that sound about right, AC? Yeah, sounds good to me. Heck yeah, man. I mean, how, how do we start this then? How do we start? Is do, Am I starting, Dweez, off with uh, what's your first North Hollywood memory, AC? Man, I mean, I think like, if I had to really pinpoint it to like a specific memory, it'd definitely be like just growing up in like, I don't know, just your typical like North Hollywood suburban home, but like it's not the ideal situation. Like you're living in like a studio garage with like, like just like as a family and it's like a really weird like duplex and shit. So it's a, it basically was just like a really weird house that we were living in growing up. Um, it's just my parents had just probably got here like not too long um from like mexico and just kind of trying to get themselves like established here in the u.s so i just have a lot of memories of just like being just a, a kid you know just like kicking the ball around outside playing with like you know the neighbor's dogs and shit and it was like always so very innocent 
and in a lot of ways, like, oh shit. All right, I'll Damn. <laughs> I'm professional. I know. I'll, I'll I'll just rewind to answer the question a little better. But uh, yeah, I mean, my first memory would probably be just growing up in like this really weird like structure in the back of one of the par- my parents' houses that they were they had at the time. Uh, you know, they just came from Mexico and just kind of coming into the states and just kind of you know raising a kid for the first time and trying to get everything together. And I think at the time the valley was just like a really interesting place because it was still like considered like like a, a suburb in a weird way like sure that you got your main cities like you know kind of like glendales and burbanks and like you know sherman oaks etc but like for the most part it was a really calm and really like you know quote-unquote tame area but you know there was always um some some like something really nice in that you know you had like the quiet and like the peace of just like you know, the neighborhood and like, it, it was always just really good memories as a kid, just growing up and being able to play outside. But, you know, as I grew up and just started to kind of notice what the area was around me, it was like a lot of the beauty in it, the art, the people, the cultures and the meshing of like, you know, so many different things just, you know, it, it builds this really amazing um, city, which I, you know, I'm really proud to, to like, you know, represent as you can tell by the hat and like, you said just about everywhere I can. I just say I'm from North Hollywood before I even mentioned Los Angeles, you know? So yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a place in my heart that I hold very near and dear. So when you were a kid and you were out in the streets playing and whatnot, what, was there like a certain park that you would go to around the neighborhood or was it just in that parking lot area uh, in your spot? Like what, you know, kicking the ball around and whatnot, but what were some of like the earlier memories you have of like just playing as a kid? Because, you know, like you said, neighborhoods change and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I got to really pinpoint it to, to Woodset Park. And I think that a lot of people here in the Valley that are like really about footy and have really stayed playing footy throughout, you know, the years here uh, have played at Woodset Park at one point in their lives. And Witsa Park to me is almost kind of like a really like, you know, symbolic res- representation of the evolution that our neighborhoods have gone through because the Witsa Park that I grew up playing in is much different than the Witsa Park you go to now. You know, my, my early days there were spent kicking a ball in dirt and, you know, trying to just like get through my like 60 minute game as a kid and like trying to run out as soon as we fucking finish, you know, but I think that, the Whitsit Park you got back then, it was just the clash of so many cultures, people from Central America, South America, Mexico, you know, coming into play at this park. And it was, a t- it was a place that I spent a lot of time at, whether I realized it or not, you know? Um, and I think in a lot of ways, I just attribute it to just the way that I started to view the sport because it was such a colorful park. There was always, you know, people selling jerseys or there was people, you know, with like all different sorts of like banners that they would have out and whatnot. But in a, in a weird way, it made me like turn my attention from the sport itself to like the art of the sport and the culture of it. And like, you know, what's that park is just definitely that first place, you know, just running around, kicking the ball and just doing a lot of mischievous shit as a kid. Well, well, do you remember any of the, any of the bootleg jerseys or shirts that were being sold at the park of the pool was, was popping. So I think a lot of people, when they hear about these jerseys, they don't think they're real, but I guarantee you they're absolutely real. And it's 
the fact that there are split jerseys and especially with like the Mexican national team, you'll see mm. split Chivas jerseys. You'll see split America jerseys. Like I've seen just about everything there. So when you got to see those right there that you just straight up knew were like bootleg to the core, but like they were just so amazing. You just be like in awe, you know, it was like, I'd always walk by each of those shirts and my mom would be like, no, don't even think we're going to buy one from here. Like we could take you to like the actual store to like get one. And I'm just like, yo, this, this shit looks fucking hard. Like it, I've never seen a split Jersey in my life. So it was really cool to just kind of see that. And like, you know, of course you have the guy that was selling, you know, the, the bootleg jerseys also selling a ton of cleats. I think I might've mentioned this, like one of the first times that we talked with this guy uh, who did all of this was actually a referee of the league. So on top of making money from the league, he was selling bootleg shirts, uh, I think shoes. And I think this dude was also doing like post game, like massages for like certain people. Or I don't know. dude. It was really <laughs> fucking weird. And like, trust me, this, when I say this park was like, like just actual dirt, it was like, you got some dude rubbing Bengay on some guy's thigh and like dirt is just about to like hit him. And it's like the most disgusting shit you've seen. And you're just a kid and you're like, okay, uh, I guess I, I guess I got to play soccer today. <laughs> so we were talking about Reddit uh, in the lead up to the podcast tonight. And yeah, we were. While we're doing this remote recording, it allows us to do things like Googling Whitset Park history just because I was curious. But the only thing that came up is this one post on Reddit from user Earth Screams. And it says... <laughs> Uh, anyone know the history of Whitset Park in North Hollywood? I remember going to the park with my father in the 1980s when he would play soccer. It was constantly busy and seemed to be a much needed open communal space for various Latin American immigrant communities at the time. From what I remember at the time, there could be seven or eight games going on at a time. This was also a time uh, when much of the American public didn't care much for soccer. Does anyone know the history of the park in terms of it opening? Uh, my, my guess after the construction of I-7 or uh I-70? 170? Uh, I don't know. 170, yeah. 170, yeah. When I drive drive by now, it's very nice and needed uh, what they have done installing turf and making it proper soccer fields, but it seems so desolate in comparison. And the only two responses is, I was hoping someone would answer this with some cool video, and same here, but that's the way it goes sometimes. So we are listening to live history of Whitset Park that's not even available on the internet, only available here on FCFC Pod via AC NoHo. The man, the myth, the legend, the man who's a walking oral history of AC of of, of North of AC and North Hollywood right now. But I think this Whitset Whitset Park is the name of the episode. It's the name of the podcast. I say we quit doing this. We start meeting up at Whitset every day because this sounds like the type of place we want to be at. No, oh, it's great. I mean, kind of to to like further elaborate on what you said. I mean, like. I remember going back to Whitset probably like two or three years ago when they like first had finished the remodel and it's like all turf fields. Now there's, you know, added parking and there's so many, like there's so many amenities that I think are great, you know? And I think like as someone who had to experience what Whitset park was at once, like I'm glad that kids and generations to come are going to have a much better and safer like space to really like play the sport and, able to develop themselves, you know, at a higher level because of the quality of the pitch, you know, it be it turf or whatever, you know, but they at least have, you know, even fields. They're not playing with like rocks and like glass that's shattered all over the place. And like in a lot of ways, like that's kind of the thing you miss about what's at park, you know, that little bit of like identity that really resonated with the community. Like 
you maybe weren't even going to play a game, but you knew still like somebody that was there. And in a lot of ways, like that's, that's the beauty of it, right? The community, the connection aspect that we all had with that park. And I think I'll, I'll say it again. I think anybody that's played the sport in the Valley, I think has definitely at least heard of it or, you know, probably been there at one point in their lives. I mean, I think that kind of goes back to the, um, stadium vending conversation that we had because like you said in the reddit post they, they, you know after the remodel it seems desolate now and you know they made it better for it to connect more with the community but it somehow seems to have sucked the soul out of that park um yeah that's crazy how how you know that kind of works out and that, that kind of goes to your point spice about n- not things not being overly convenient because it, it sucks the soul out of it yeah, man. I had a point that whole time. I mean, is there something up to like, I'm sure this is kind of the story in a lot of Los Angeles, but when the parks get nicer, a lot of the OG residents get priced out. Oh, so yeah. Spice doesn't know shit about parks because he's from New York and they just have one in the middle of their stupid no. city. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I split time equally between New York and Jersey. And even in Queens, there's a lot of parks. But then, I mean, uh, this is kind of... um. I want to know, AC, for, for for guys like me who are not from here, do people in North Hollywood and the Valley just have their entire life in North Hollywood and the Valley? Like, do they ever leave that that kind of bubble construct of it? Do you have to go into, um, like, down south into, like, you know, downtown or even, like, mid-city or anything like that? Do you, Or do you, is your whole life, including Woodset Park, like, just, just an economy and a globe there? Uh, no, I, I mean, like, I definitely feel like, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could stay your whole life there and like kind of stay within that bubble and not really like be affected by it to, to such a large extent. But like, you know, I think the, the thing about the Valley is that you're so condensed that like you don't even before you realize that you're not even in North Hollywood anymore and you're in Sun Valley or you're in Panorama City or Van Nuys or whatever. So it's like it, it's really common for people from different parts of the Valley to just be going everywhere. And What's crazy is like there are some people that just probably don't really leave the valley or, you know, go outwards to, to downtown or Pasadena, et cetera. So I think when it comes to the valley as a whole, some people tend to be like that. But definitely when it's North Hollywood, I'd say that most people like they do support what is local to them. And I think they do support a lot of, of like, you know, uh, things that pertain to the city. But at the end of the day, like it's a, it's it's a pretty major city in the valley so i think a lot of people will like prefer convenience over anything and they'll go to whatever they feel like yeah uh, sorry go ahead Luis. no i was just gonna say to situate our listeners a little bit more clearly i mean north hollywood's like a it's a really large neighborhood and like when i think of north hollywood i always think about the last stop on the on the red line right like that's what i think of and i think of that downtown area but um it's huge i mean so the borders are on the west. It's with Whitset Park and uh, the 170. On the east side, it's actually the Los Angeles city limit, which is like Lancashire, Irvine, uh, Tahunga, Vineland, and Claiborne. And then the south border is Victory Boulevard. And then the top is Roscoe, uh, Sherman Way. So it's like a pretty large swath of the valley. And like, AC is saying, in my experience, I had family uh, who grew up in the Valley. We've had Adam on the pod. He grew up out there. Um, yeah, when you're like driving in the expanse of, of of the Valley and you just sort of like 
pass through a neighborhood and then you're in the next one, you don't realize like how big or small some of those are. But North Hollywood, even for me, uh, is a lot bigger than I realized. And back to Josh's question, AC, like as you're kind of growing up, how much of those boundaries are you pushing? Like, are you kind of like exploring and going to places with your family through the whole part of North Hollywood? Or do you guys sort of stick to that Southwest corner or like give us a little, little more, uh, life of AC map breakdown? Yeah. So, I mean, I think as a kid and just really growing up, it was like, there was such a routine in our lives. I think it was like, take me to school, come back, go to sleep, do it all over again the next day, you know? So we tend to really kind of stay in that pocket, even if it was for like all of the extracurricular stuff that I was like in, whether it was like soccer or like swimming, uh, et cetera. So I, I was really around that Whitsett Park area, that Laurel Canyon area, kind of nearing Sun Valley, uh, you know, area for pretty much my whole life. And I think as I started to grow older and just really more aware of what, you know, North Hollywood and the people around me you know, had to offer, like, I started to venture out a lot more and, you know, going to places like the North Hollywood skate park and like seeing guys that are, you know, pro, like, you know, the, the guys in illegal Civ and like guys that are skating for like Adidas now, like Nakel Smith at these parks and saying like, holy shit, like this is fucking crazy. This has been here my whole life. And I'm just starting to see these places and you keep going around and just seeing different pockets of North Hollywood, you know, like the NoHo station. Um, what that place used to be you know it was very like ambivalent there was a lot of like art in the surrounding areas and like you know it, it made me open my eyes to the fact that yeah like we're in the los angeles county but north hollywood really is its city and has its own identity and it really feels like you know a lot of it really resonated with me at a young age and i think that the more and more i started to push out you know kind of into the arts the quote-unquote like arts district part of it and seeing like the little hidden gems that the city has to offer in terms of like, you know, murals and things that, you know, are, are still there, like the circus liquor, you know, um, the location with the massive circus uh, clown outside or like, you know, like filming locations because a lot of people in the Valley just like love to film in North Hollywood. So it's always, it's always really cool to just kind of keep, you know, pulling back the layers of the city and just really discovering what it has to offer even to this day. And Edgar, do you feel like you do you hear any outside? Oh, While we're keep on going with the uh, North Hollywood, there's another special guest I want to bring in. Bang! Pop, pop him in there. Pop him in there, baby. Family pod, family pod. Ryan oh, Wallerson is in the building. Really All the important folks, bro. I mean, I just want to get a, a point off real quick, but it's like. Edgar, you see any any parallels between between the the your kind of South Bay understanding with with kind of what North Hollywood and the Valley kind of kind of feels as a I guess a suburb of LA you'd call it? Yeah, for sure. Not necessarily. Um, I mean, it's kind of my neck of the woods because I mean I didn't just spend all my time in Carson. Like it's Carson, and then I have a lot of family also in like Wilmington and Harbor City. Mm. Um, so I remember the very first time I went up to kick it with AC in his neck of the woods. I was like, Oh, this is just Harbor city. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like uh, apartment complex felt exactly the same. Like the one where my parents lived like before they had me and like where a ton of my family still lives too. So we spent a lot of time there growing up and it felt like it felt very, it felt very familiar, which was pretty cool. 
you know, even though we're like how many miles away. Right. Right. I mean, is there something like, cause I'm, I'm also, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a, the suburbs of New York are often, I mean, they're, they're just a different state, right? It's New Jersey for me. And there was like always this kind of like second middle child syndrome where you're like, you're, you're so close and your entire town economy is built around proximity to the city, but you're not of the city kind of thing. So there's always like, you know, kids who are like me, who are trying to be too hard out in Jersey, knowing that I get my ass kicked if I, if I, if I went back to New York, but like, is there, is there something about like being close to it? Or did you feel like there's just no barrier? Like we just go straight from Carson to, straight into LA or in North Hollywood back in LA to just catch a show or do something or, or were you guys just happy? Like in your fucking neighborhoods because you're, there's cool shit going on. I mean, for me personally, I was just chilling in my neighborhood up until, you know, I started getting more involved with LAFC and just meeting everybody that's like spread out throughout LA. Um, but yeah, like we were mostly just, I was mostly just chilling in the South Bay. Like, like I said, like Carson, Wilmington, Harbor city was really like where I spent most of my time. Yeah. I think like, um, or sorry to cut you off slim, but just like, um, that was never really something that crossed my mind really growing up. It's just like, Oh, like we're just from the South Bay. You know, we go up to LA to, Santee Alley whenever someone has like a quinceanera or a wedding coming up and then that's really all we all the time we would spend there unless we're going to like maybe a Laker game or something but yeah I think that's kind of you know how LA is like like we've said before it's you know people call it a melting pot it's but it's one of the best designed segregated places in America where everybody stays in their own pockets Valley Fools are Valley Fools. K-Town Fools are K-Town Fools. Cerritos and Fullerton Fools are Cerritos and Fullerton Fools. Like, everyone, like, at one point, people would, like, call you out by city on how you smoked a cigarette and shit. Like, it, it was weird, bro. Like, everyone was sectioned off in their own places. And it's so different from how New York operates, where you're constantly just on the move, where you go, you're rubbing shoulders with everybody. Like, whereas everyone in L.A. had their park or whatever, like abandoned parking lot or top of a, you know, building, whatever, like everyone just had their spot to just be pieces of shit, make spit puddles, smoke cigarettes and joints and do whatever bullshit. But it was like a lot of like just you had your spot like there was a park called Friendship Park in Cerritos around my neighborhood nobody called each other we just went to the park and someone will be there like fucking playing pasoy 13 uh card games shooting dice on the side of this metallic thing that stores games for kids like for after school programs (laughs) (laughs) jesus there's like clue and shit in there just playing CeeLo on the side not the kids Well, Wait, we, so, we, we waited for the kids to leave. Yeah, yeah, show. come on. You, you, you good kids. Um, do you remember any of the, the cigarette discourse about cigarette hand grip styles and shit from back in the day? What what were the different ways people held a cigarette? I mean, there's the fools that hold it like this, the two fi- the regular two fingers. Like, even for some reason, I feel like people that like flick their cigarette like this, like, I don't know. I feel like someone's like, or I know someone said to me one time about how I flick my cigarette. And like, he's like, ah, oh, you, and he called me by city. He's like, oh, you're from Cerritos. And I was like, what the fuck? 
Like, what? <laughs> but yeah, no, it was weird. Like, especially in K Town. Like, in K Town, like everyone had their bars and stuff, and someone would show up that nobody knew. Like, it would get quiet, and everyone would kind of stare at you. Yeah, shit like that. Damn. Yeah, I. So it's funny as like I'm listening to AC in the north. Uh, Edgar in the South, Slim in the East. Like my family was always like definitively West Side. Um, some some of the some of these cats have been to the the church, sort of uh, Saint Paul the Apostle over by UCLA. I mean, that's where like my great grandmother got married. So like it, it runs deep, pretty deep on the on both sides of my family, like on the West Side of LA, and like yeah, like talking to my mom you know, growing up in Santa Monica and stuff. And she would talk about like how infrequently, if ever she'd go downtown or like go anywhere. And it's funny to hear Slim say it's the best designed. It's like LA is the best designed city because everyone just like stays where they're supposed to be, <laughs> which like almost. No, everyone no, no, the no, world I, didn't considers- mean, I didn't, I didn't mean no, 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 like- but it's funny. No, but it's funny. It's funny. Let, wait, let me finish. Let me finish. It's just funny because like Los Angeles is always listed as like one of the most poorly planned cities, like in terms of urban planning, just because of how like how all over the map it is. But Slim's like, no, 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 it's cool. Everyone stay where they're at. Smoke <laughs> your cigarettes your way. I'm going to smoke my cigarettes my way. I'm meeting up at Friendship Park, but it's not, you're not fucking allowed there because it's my friendship park. So my point, my point is, I don't think a lot of Friendship people. Friendship Park was only for me and my friends. All right, all right, Slim, all right, Slim, take it easy. We ain't coming to Friendship Park. We ain't wrecking your friendship. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that the the I guess the reasons and the causes for leaving someone's like zone sort of stayed the same, right? Like if it's a sports game, if it's like a sort of a specialty store, you need to buy something from. Um, otherwise there wasn't a lot of transfer over. And I think that only started changing, like once the revitalization of downtown happened in the Staples center in like the early two thousands, I think like Los Angeles before that, I mean, it has so many eras. Right. But I'm curious to know, we got, we got two New Yorkers on the call here too. And we're talking about neighborhoods. We, you know, we'd start, start in North Hollywood and we just widen from there. But, uh, Wally, did you feel like there was a lot of movement between boroughs for you growing up? Or did you feel like, you know, as a kid, you guys were mostly staying, like most of your lives consisted in and around the same neighborhood. I feel like in New York growing up, everybody gets a set of two because everybody goes to Manhattan. Like there's nobody in New York that doesn't use Manhattan on a near daily basis. But like if you're from Queens, you know, you you hop that E train or that F train or that N train and or that J train and you're going straight into like straight into Manhattan from where you are, like you're going right through Brooklyn. If you're going through Brooklyn and Queens and Brooklyn have like a weird, like sibling rivalry. Right. But then like the Bronx the Queens Bro- facts, Kings and Queens County, but then like the Bronx and Brooklyn, like it's not a rivalry. We just like dislike each other. Like people from the Bronx don't like Brooklyn. People from Brooklyn don't like the Bronx. We both say that it's far and out of the way and like insignificant. Like we say the same things about each other. It's funny because we're just like on opposite sides of the island of Manhattan. You go out the south side for Brooklyn, you go up the north side for the Bronx. But like, yeah, even Staten Island, like you got the ferry that's free. They'll take you up to up to Wall Street, but then you're just getting right back on that ferry. Like, y'all don't claim Staten Island. I mean, no, we don't. But people live there apparently. You can like geographically see where it broke off from New Jersey. So I don't know why it's part of New York, but you know, whatever. But yeah, that that's how I feel about it. I mean, Josh, you could tell me how you feel, even with the even with the suburbs. I feel like. 
everybody knows how to get to Manhattan and then you know how to traverse your hood. And if you're going like if a Long Island cat's going to Brooklyn or if a Bronx cat's going to Queens or if a Queens cat is going to Jersey, it's always like, oh, what you doing out there? Uh, what, what's taking you all the way out there? That's weird. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think people to make the trek out to Queens and to Long Island, like that's the longest public transportation route, right? Almost depending on where you are in Brooklyn, I guess. But like, yeah, when people like really want to like have an experience, like they like they treat it like they're going to like uh, a field trip to like the zoo or some shit. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to ride the seven train all the way to Main Street and just like see kind of where, where it drops us off. You right. know what's just wild? Like watch right the humanity. Oh, for sure. You know what's crazy, guys? I don't know if you like in Queens, especially because it runs along Long Island. There's two rails, right? There's a the public. I mean, they're all public, but there's the metro, which is just like the subway, and then there's the LA the LIRR or the LUR the LUR train. And so the Lure. the LUR train is literally like it's like the Long it's, Island Railroad, the Long yeah. Island Railroad. That's <laughs> so fucking. We're going Ronkonkoma, Ronkonkoma last stop. Uh, but it's, it's one. The metro is two dollars, and the lure is is six to eight dollars, yep. depending on where you get on. So like, it really like people get on in the same neighborhood. You just see the economic breakdown right away about who's able to afford taking the lure to the city, which you can get from Facts. Flushing Queens to Manhattan in twenty minutes. And, and and if you're taking paying two bucks, it takes you an hour and a half. Like it's just like insane to think like people literally get onto the same train station and decide if I'm able to pay triple that day to get to the city faster. And some people just do that every day of their lives, and they don't even. Bro, that's just like fast pass on the one ten. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a it's a real thing. And then going north, you got these uh, express buses like the BXMs and the BXQs that like will traverse boroughs, which is like a crazy thing because. Trains go through boroughs, but buses usually like stay in one borough. So if like if you see like a Q44 in the Bronx, like you want to like <laughs> call somebody and like at like how is this possible? Like you need to understand it. Right. That's so, when like the, the planes get lost, like the manifest gets lost and they end up in like a Aruba or some shit like that. It's like, what are you I, doing it, in the Bronx? That's crazy. No, no, don't you see the the letter on on your butt? It's a Q, bro. Like, how do we <laughs> who, who let you over here? We have cars. <laughs> I mean, all this sounds like gibberish. Right? Wait, I've got a question for for AC and and Edgar. Like for you guys, I think Ryan used the word "way out there." Like, what are you doing way out there? What would have been the neighborhood that would have like symbolized way out there for you guys growing up? Like, if you heard someone in your family went to this neighborhood, you'd be like, "Whoa!" Like, what are you doing way out there? Like, what would be the way out there for the for the North Hollywood and South Bay crowds? So for me, I think even uh, it, it's going to be so funny because it actually hits pretty close to Edgar. Um, I remember we had like family that lived out in like, like Lomita. And I was just like, I've never fucking heard of this place. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I don't know where this is. So uh, I remember we had a good I forget Lomita exists sometimes it's just because yeah, it's like <laughs> super small smack in the middle of like Torrance. And yeah, it's anyway, continue. <laughs> no no yeah to, to that point it's just like i when we got there i was like oh so it's like on the way to carson but just not quite and what's so fucking crazy about that that you asked that dude it's like um even as like as, a, as an adult now and kind of thinking about way out there uh two people I, I will call out by name uh mike and frank uh mike who was on the podcast uh at one point uh like anytime those guys will like just say like oh let's go out of grab some koji or something or let's go 
hang out and I'm just like, man, fucking Torrance is way out there, man. I don't want to drive all the way to fucking Torrance. But if you ask Mike the same question, like for example, one time, like let's go hit up like Cheeky's smash burgers, which is like down the street from me. He's like, man, it's too far. I ain't trying to go out there in North Hollywood, man. I'm just like, bro, like we go to Torrance all the time, man. So it, it's so crazy to hear like the different, like, perspectives of like that far out there because you know in la with it being so spread out and like massive really it's just like way out there could be down the street for some people and way out there could be across the whole county so it's fucking crazy that's that floridian shit man never go to florida (laughs) and ask them for directions or like perspective on location or perspective or uh, ryan i think you could have just said never go to florida and that's all you had to say that's fair that's fair you haven't spent way too much time down there lately edgar what's the way out there for you um i mean the valley technically because we we had family (laughs) we had family up there that um or actually like way out there would also be like riverside because we had some family out there too that we would see we would go see like once in a blue moon and, and be like, oh, like, you know, they're having a like a birthday party for so and so. And I'm just like, we got to go to fucking Riverside. <laughs> I think we can all agree that Riverside is way is way out yeah. there. Yeah. Wherever you are in the general yeah. L.A. County area, Riverside. I, I, Riverside, Riverside takes is the always way, way out, out there. there. Shout, shout out to Empire Boys. And, <laughs> and y'all, be, y'all be traveling. Yo, shout yeah, out to, but, shout out to Empire Boys for taking the Metro to K-Town and having a watch party with us at Beer Garden couple of weeks ago and and way out there does change with age because i remember like right when i got my license like my homies would we'd just be chilling at the park and we'd be like all right like you guys want to go get some tacos in san diego and we would just fucking go to get tacos in san diego from cerritos and then you know like whatever my homie's visiting he's staying at the other homie's house in somar so every day i'm driving back and forth from somar and let's not talk about all the distances and places we've had to travel when we were dating a girl that we met from a city that's way out there all the fucking you know what i mean (laughs) fucking driving to anaheim hills every fucking day like some bullshit but now (laughs) like now anything past k-town i'll never fucking do oh yeah and i was driving back and forth from irvine to cerritos like it was nothing all the time so slim you trying to tell me you're not trying to come to the beach with me this summer or what bro that's way out there I'm, in, I'm on the east we're, side. We're talking, to, I'm, we're talking to Ryan Wallerson right now. He's live and direct with his Venice studio apartment looking real nice hey. over there. Might know, be a one, one bedroom for one, one, one bed, one bath. One bed, one Ooh, bath. Ooh, the one, one bed in Venice. Venice. Be oh, nice. Yeah. Please pull up. Like, let no but, beach day go beyond my, like, go with without me knowing about it. Because I'll pull up in 10 minutes. But, Slim, but Slim's told us that that's way out there and he's not coming. For the LA heads, for the LA heads, like, I'll do it how often did you guys come to the beach? Like, go to the beach now that I mean, I was you- we were we were all based on the west side. Los Angeles and the beach to me growing up was synonymous. Yeah, you're you're okay. either yeah. you're, you're in California, you're either a beach person or not a beach person. It's the like, only part of the city I've ever wanted to live in. Like, I lived in Hollywood for four years because I was just fucking out. I was I had roommates and I was overruled. Like, it's beautiful living by myself where I want to live. Like. Well, I'm a yeah, self-conscious I'm person. The homies would always just call me a walrus when I went to the beach. So I just <laughs> call me Wally the walrus. <laughs> yeah, that was for different reasons besides it phonetically made sense. <laughs> <laughs> AC, what about you? You're in, you're in the valley. How, how often do you go to the beach with your family? I mean, I think my parents were always the type of people that kind of made 
like ordinary things for most people, like really like major events for us. So like, you know, being in the Valley, like, yeah, like we could go to the beach. It's only like 30, 40 minutes out. But like, you know, if you go once a year, it's kind of like taking your kid to Disneyland for like a fraction of the cost. So we would be going to like Santa Monica on like July 4th. And it was like the most like, insane thing like santa monica i think now more or less is kind of like it's it's still like packed and it's a lot more of like you know people going to the promenade and it's like you know all the like you're going shopping most people aren't even going to the beach anymore so it's like back then like before all the third street promenade shit was popping and like the pier was even really popping it was like bodies on the beach like you'd be lucky if you even found any bit of sand to like rest in so I just remember it like being like a very unpleasant experience for me growing up. I was like, I hate the beach, man. Like this sucks. And like, you'd go into Santa Monica and you'd like run into some like fucking cans and shit. And like the water's gross. So I think I was put off beaches super early on, but like I started, you know, going to like venturing out to like Zuma beach and shit and like really going to like beaches that were a little bit more on like the more like, private side and you know i was like all right this is sick like this is what a beach should be like so i haven't been to santa monica in fucking ages don't plan on it but you know yo man let's pull up to manhattan or malibu man yeah you already know give me a name and i'll be there fcfc only fans exclusive one-on-one beach day in santa monica with ac right ryan will drive you around around the west side (laughs) that's that sounds like a raffle someone's got to win that yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing too. Like for 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 Edgar and Dewey's, like like growing up in Dewey's for the summer times and Edgar all the time, right? Like your the proximity to the beach is something that most of the country has no idea what that feels like, right? Like what does does the water water being close to the water kind of affect you and 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 kind of your soul in a bit? Deep question. Dewey's, you want to go first? I want you to go first, Edgar. You've got some. Right. You've got some. You've got something in the hopper. I like it. I mean. Yeah, like growing up, we we went to the beach like pretty often. And then like in high school, once we were all able to drive, we we're just like, oh, let's just fucking go to the beach. We were there like fucking three times a week and shit, either just like skating up and down the boardwalk or just hanging out. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was really it. I don't really have any crazy stories. All I can say is, yeah, we were at the beach a lot, you know? Well, it's so I mean, it's so close in the <laughs> South Bay and I do think yeah. the South Bay has has like better beaches as as ac pointed out i mean it's either north you got to go north or you got to go south because if you just go straight west on the 10 and you hit the pier area you're it's you're, you're on struggle street although uh will rogers just north of all of that like right before malibu is actually pretty nice will rogers um, is chill yeah and there's like there's like a you know basically right down from palisades high school there's that that area is decent but um yeah like if you go in the south bay you know, those, those beaches are, you tend to have more space. Like you don't deal with as many things unless there's an event going on or whatever. But growing up, like I love, I absolutely like adored the beach and like most of my family that's like from my, you know, my father used to, he used to take a little boat to Catalina, like on the weekends that he like had, right. Like they, they like lived a certain type of life, I think, um, that disappeared by the time I came around. But like, you know, for, for both sides, my mom's side and my dad's side, like everyone was going to the beach a lot and, you know, surfing, boogie boarding, which later get, if people want to be serious about it, call it bodyboarding to try to take yourself more seriously. But like, 
you know, we, we did like Malibu Mako surf camp at Zuma and like, you know, all these, all these memories, um, playing soccer, obviously we did like soccer camps and then like in the afternoons you play, you do the soccer camp in the morning and then in the afternoons you'd go and you'd play like on the sand. Um, and I have like a lot of pleasant memories of that and splitting the rest of the school year, like in the wintry tundras of like small town ski resort, Utah. I also had like all across my walls was just covered in waves. Like I would put pictures of the beach on the wall so that I could like fall asleep dreaming about going back to the beach because I was like miserable, 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 miserable. I I can't describe to you guys very easily how much I hated Utah as a kid and how little I understood why my parents like abandoned both sides of our family in LA, like where I always felt like we were supposed to be for this like strange tiny town. Right. So beach was for sure like a, a huge part of, growing up it's less of a part of my life now but it was a bigger part then for sure as a kid bro that wave thing that wave inspo wall is one of the saddest and most beautiful things i've heard in a long time jesus christ Wally, i live a sad i live a sad and beautiful life <laughs> <laughs> you know who else lives a sad and beautiful life dweez drake drizzy drake anyway um what are we gonna compare? <laughs> please let's not <laughs> You, Drake's you about to come that. up, t- uh, what, times five on that bet he put on, the $200,000 bet he put on the Warriors? How good does that look now? Oh, my God. Drake's not living that bad. Yeah, I mean, he's he also opens like a million dollars worth of cards, and I was very jealous, but um, it, it is what it is. Wally, what's the – yeah, I mean, what, what was your – what was your snowboard background again? Like, was it just because you spent a lot of time in Pennsylvania, like going back and forth between PA and uh, – and New York, was there anything like that for you where it's like, shit, like it's winter time, like I'm dying to hit the slopes and, and board right now. Like how 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 did that kind of go from city kid into like, yo, like let, let's hit let's hit the mountains too? So after spending 10 years in Brooklyn, uh my family my family tried to buy our Brooklyn apartment across the street from Prospect Park. And we were like right there. We had a verbal agreement, but someone gave uh the woman that was you know, our landlord to sell some very unfortunate, but very good advice and told her not to sell it to us for the price agreed upon and to hold on to it and, you know, let the value skyrocket. I think she eventually sold the apartment as two apartments for close to like two mil. So I can't knock her for it, but she reneged on the deal with my folks and they took the money, turned around and built a house in PA. And we used it as a vacation house uh, until the terrorist attacks. And then my mom was like, you know, pack the car up. We're leaving the city. Like, it's not safe here. We got to go. Like, we got the house. Let's use it. And all of us transitioned from working and going to school in New York to Pennsylvania. And that was a difficult, that was kind of like a, a Utah situation with Dweez for me, where I'm like, I'm a New Yorker. What the fuck are we doing here? Like, my dad had to, like, go and record street noise from our block. And he put it on a loop for me on a, on a cassette tape. <laughs> And I had to play that shit to go to sleep. The, the silence and the crickets, I would just be up, my eyes wide open at three in the morning, like, where the fuck am I? So it, it was definitely a transition. But, you know, I, I was advised to try to find some things that I could get into to try to make, you know, get used to my new environment. And snowboarding was something that I think I just went with. A, with there was an after school program that offered it. I just went with a friend the first time. I wasn't signed up, so I couldn't ride. I was just like hanging out with the guys in the lodge. They would come in like exhausted talking about what they'd been doing. It sounded cool. 
So eventually I, I convinced my parents to sign me up and they would take us out once a week. I learned, uh, you know, in the, in classes under that environment. And then eventually my entire family got like sick of the woods and we all were like, all right, it's been like a while. We can go back to New York now. But that was the one main thing about like the woods and being up there that like I always really enjoyed. And eventually like the love for nature and, you know, that's all seasons, just being able to be in the woods, whether there's green leaves on the trees or snow on the ground. I came to appreciate that as well. But the first thing that the first love I found out in PA was snowboarding. And so I kept up with it. And now, like, yeah, like I didn't go snowboarding last season. It was the first time in 12 seasons I didn't ride once. I didn't like it. It feels weird. I'm going to ride like crazy this season to make up for it. Might make it out to Hokkaido for my birthday. Like, you know, I, I got plans, man. And so, yeah, I definitely feel like a very strong connection to PA through snowboarding. And honestly, that was also one of the reasons that like drove me out to covering extreme sports out in Colorado, covering the X Games, covering the Dew Tour, the Burton U.S. Open. And out here, like just wanting to bring my snowboard out with me among all my stuff. I sent it back to the East Coast when I moved back and I didn't bring it back with me. My snowboard is not in this apartment. But that just means that I'm going to buy myself a snowboard because there's no way I could not have one like on tap. It's 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 deep in me, man. Almost as deep as the beach. Pause. We're back here with FCFC Pod. This feet we're pulling off right now is harder than pulling any of the premium guests we've had before this is all six that's right all six s-i-x of everyone that works on this stuff together outside of daniel thank you for doing what you do daniel for editing our shit but um for all the talent we have here on this podcast all here live on digital screens um and ac is kind of walking us through uh north hollywood through some of the questions about our own neighbors and upbringings but yeah, earlier we we mentioned some of the the LAFC match day posters and covers this year were kind of um, plays off of famous and retro video games. AC, like, was there one cover? Um, was there one cover that you were like really really looking forward to, or what? Like, what video game character meant the most to you growing up? Man, growing up, I used to play a lot of Kingdom Hearts. Like, I, I fucking love that game. You fucking weep. <laughs> Yo, I don't care what you say, but that game is fucking great. It's not <laughs> weeb. That, that, that's like Disney characters. Weeb is like anime shit. Yeah, Josh. It's Disney and anime together. Josh, get your insults right, bro. <laughs> it's kind of weeby. Come on. Actually, I'm a, I, I love Final Fantasy. So anyway, go ahead. Oh, man. No, but. Like I just love playing that game. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but you know, I, I love playing that game and I think it was probably one of the first games I had on on the PlayStation 2. So like for me, like resonating so much with like probably the main character Sora of the game and just like as a kid just thinking like, bro, this dude's fucking sick. He's just like slamming characters around and you're just going like from world to world with like all these Disney characters, that's sick. So you know, as as a kid, it was it was definitely something that, like again, always captured me. But um, the one video game I think in particular that I was looking forward to doing, and, and we definitely already did Kingdom Hearts, but it had to be Vice City, um, because I feel like in a lot of ways, like other teams have kind of replicated that effect or try to replicate it, and it just doesn't really feel all too right. Um, 
And I think that was probably one of the bigger challenges that like we had like coming into it. Cause like, you know, Jeff was like, all right, we can't just like kind of pull like photos for this one. We really got to just go on illustrator and draw this out. And that challenge alone of working with him to do some of those elements and like doing a lot of like the other box art stuff, it was just something that was so rewarding, but you know, um, and it and, and even holds like a really crazy story because that was actually the first like rated M game I convinced my parents to ever buy for me. Like I still remember this is like with Blockbuster was like, you know, selling video games as well. Um, and like I remember telling my mom, like, yo, I, I really want this game. Like the lady that takes care of me after school, like her son has this game and it's like you could drive and stuff, and it's a really sick game. And like obviously, you know, occulting all of the really fucked up things about it. Uh, but she agreed to go and, you know, we walk into this blockbuster and she looks at the cover and immediately there's like a woman with like a bikini on it. So like, I think that was the biggest red flag for her. And she was just like, well, are you sure this game is like, all right. And then I'm like, yeah, I mean, we're already here. We might as well just pick it up. So <laughs> we go to the counter and <laughs> the the guy that that's working there, he like looks at the box and just looks at us. And he's just like, ma'am, I'm going to have to tell you like this game involves like, all this like what fucking what is ass yeah no, that's dude. fucked up fuck and that guy i got no. my mom to the fucking counter with this shit you was it a white boy hey fuck you kyle Yo. you know oh that's so, horrible man i was almost certain it was it you know i'm not getting this game i'm fucked like my mom's about to beat my ass when i get home right. what <laughs> and happened? you know the craziest thing my mom gets so insulted at the fact that this guy feels the need to explain all of this to her as she's like already seen the cover. And she was spike. just like, Hell you know yeah. what? Yeah. So we walked out with a brand new copy of Vice City. And I remember that day we got Subway after and I was like just running pools over, eating my stuff. <laughs> Core memory. And it was, yeah, it was a great, it was a really great memory. And like, shut up. Running, now running pools over, <laughs> eating my sub. <laughs> You gotta put that on a t-shirt right now. Running fools over eating. But when Yo. we put that matchday poster out, that was like the first thing that came to my mind. And I mean, no one would have ever known this had this never been spoken. But it was just, you know, it was a nice little like, you know, be, like extra sentimental feel. When we were like, all right, we're done with this one. Like we did it, and it felt like we did it some justice. I mean, wow. this. This nostalgia trip, I know Spice has got to leave here in a second, but I got to hit him with it. Like, I, with the with the video game covers, plus, like, all the stories that uh, we've been exchanging tonight, like, I am curious now more about the video game stuff with you, Spice. Like, what was your, do you have a, a, a similar memory of, like, a video game you really wanted and you had to fight for and you, and, and you, and you went through hell and high water to get? Or what was your, what's kind of your oldest memory with video games? Yeah, um, N64, I think, was my first system. And so I remember I used to, I mean, wrestling was the shit when I was little. Like, I love wrestling so much. So I had WWF, No Mercy. And then, like, it's kind of wild. Cause, like, I mean, it's such, it's just like pixel blocks walking. But then you're just like, punch him in the face, like, rock, like, make him bleed, make him bleed, you know? And, like, so, and then you see, like, the blood rushing out. But it just, like, didn't really do it for them. And then... I think we leveled up to like Mortal Kombat or something. 
And then like my dad, when he saw the spine being ripped out of another human being, I for, for him, it just triggered something. I, I don't know if it's like wartime memories or some shit, but it was like kind of intense. He's like, what the fuck is this? Um, but we, as a family, we played a lot of Tekken. Tekken, more than Street Fighter, we played Tekken. And uh, we just love playing Tekken together, just like spamming crazy shit together. But um, I love the fighting games growing up. Yeah, so WWF, No Mercy, and um, Tekken 3 or 2, which one of those? Who's your favorite Tekken character? It's got to be Jin, baby. I like all the good-looking fools. <laughs> I got to ask Wally and Spice, like, how many times did y'all play Def Jam Fight for New York City? <laughs> and, and who did you pick? <laughs> So first um, off, so <laughs> many fucking times. And second off, Joey Crack was my guy because, like, I just loved his defensive pose. He would just, like, like put his two arms, like, back and put his stomach forward, and he would just give you his gut to hit, and you wouldn't do anything to him. I used to play with Joey Crack, and my favorite place to play was in the 125th Street subway station because when I was done two-piecing fools with my own combo, I used to love to hit motherfuckers with that final when I would throw them into the train, and then the one train would come and take care of them. Like, that game was like, it was like GTA, but not as immersive, but like specifically for New York cats. Like, honestly... They need to remaster Def Jam Fight yeah. for New York for PS5 and for the Xbox Series X. Like, it has to happen. It would I make you know. so much money. Shout out I David Banner in, one time. I fully intend to make that the cover for us playing New York Red Bulls. So, <laughs> this shit's going to yes. be fucking gnarly. While we're, while we're talking this, I, like I like that. I like that. I like while that we're talking video games, Def Jam Fight for New Jersey. Just... Call it that, please. <laughs> Hey, girl, what's up? No, I was just going to say, like, since we're on, like, the video game nostalgia kick and you guys bring it up Def Jam, I might have mentioned it in a previous pod, but, like, and AC could probably attest to this, too, but, like, growing up, you go to Mexico and you find, like, an arcade machine and there will be, like, a literal, like, Xbox or PS2 in there and you put pesos in and then you get, like, a cool, like, five or ten minutes playing either like Def Jam or GTA San Andreas or like all these other random ass games. So we used to, we used to run Def Jam on an arcade machine at like a little shop in Mexico, like all the time. I love that. And you know what, in terms of like favorite and most, most significant uh, video game characters, like Sonic the Hedgehog's up there from when I'm younger Slim but, Slim almost just jumped out of the screen. I saw that, and I, and I was a little and worried. I, and I love that. I love my, that reaction. My last, I love that energy. My last game system was the Sega Genesis. Yeah, see, I can I was a Sega kid too, so I came up with Sonic Heavy. But then, like in my adolescence, yo, it's CJ. Like San Andreas was like the first thing that made me want to live in Los Angeles for real. I was like, yo, the hood has lawns. This is cool. Like this is the worst of it. I like this. I can mow this and be broke. It's like, what a project set. I'm serious. I'm so serious. I was like, I don't mind living near the airport. I'll do that. This house is right next to this motherfucker. That ain't bad, Wally, though. Wally <laughs> came back scary. to L.A. with the heat right now, throwing people in front of the one train. I can mow this and be broke. Where are the projects at? He's got all of his one-liners. Back in the day, Wally used to come equipped with the one-liners. He told me about, like, soccer players who use a rocket launcher. What did you say? Right, always had these had these little had these little quick with it ones, and he's back with them. That's all I can say. This is the rebirth of Wally. Y'all are witnessing live right now. Oh, good to be back, yo. Good to be back among the family. Good to be back out here. Good to be on the west side. 
So I'm just looking forward to spending the summer in the bank. Like even, you know, I got to be a little bit at work, but I already told them that I'm going to be taking the games in from the stands. Like my press box days are over. So before, before we, before we talk more about Wally's grand return, I let something pass by that I shouldn't have, which is Slim said his last gaming system was a, what did you say? A Sega Genesis or a Sega? That's like early gaming system. Are you saying that basically you just didn't play video games or what? What I thought you were always been a gamer. No, I mean, um, my friends were gamers, so they always had all the systems. I would be at their places. Like I was never really that into games. Um, Counter Strike a little bit, but that's also when fools were doing Crystal Meth and then playing Counter Strike, so they were super focused. And also, you can't really talk shit because when they're on meth and they lose, they want to fight everybody. Oh, shit. So PC bombs were a little crazy. Um, but Counter-Strike, yeah, it was always fun. Um, but yeah, like Sega Genesis, I had the Joe Montana football. I had some hockey game. The hockey game I actually liked more than Joe Montana football. Um, I had the Power Rangers fighting game and then Sonic the Hedgehog. That was it. I am mad at that. I am not mad at that. <laughs> was there was there an NFL blitz situation among among these people? wasn't Wasn't blitz big in that era? Did you ever play NFL blitz? Yeah, yeah. What system was that on? Is that place? I don't. Rem- I don't remember. But Damn. I played. But all yeah, time. NFL. But when you just were, you would just go and pounce on people and body slam them. Yeah, that was a great game too. It was. It's. It was the same time. Or that's what came after the NBA Jam session. Everybody knows about NBA Street because they came out with a few volumes of it. But y'all remember NFL Street that only came out with one game that was fire, and then it just disappeared, never to be heard of again. Nah. I I feel like I vaguely remember it, but you know what's funny is we see just those few years of the subtle age difference. I'm actually noticing between like me and Slim's era, and then Ryan, who's who's between us and then AC and Edgar. These guys are like, I don't know what NFL Blitz is. Like, what NFL Blitz right. and no, NBA, they, they were NBA the Jam. Side. So you guys don't know about the NBA Jam. Well, they were still it, making another Blitz game like that needs to come back. Right? NBA the, two Jam oh, the combinations. They should do that. They should do that game every five years. Every five years, there should be a new NBA Jam with new combinations for each team. Like nobody and could even ever back get then, Jordan was an asshole and didn't want to sell his fucking rights so he could be in the game. Yo, Michael Jordan, I you're the most successful asshole there is. Shouts to you. Well, I mean, just to like bring my point full circle, my oldest memory of a video sports game that I played the shit out of, mm-hmm. that I loved, was the Nagano Olympic game uh in n64 and this is 1998 which i'm pretty sure is before edgar or ac were born so they were like right on the edge 98 are you guys 98 babies 97 95 we existed (laughs) you guys barely barely existed we we didn't speak any languages but we existed i think that was the first or no, I'm looking right now. There was another Winter Olympic game before that, but it wasn't like Winter Olympic specific. It was oh, it was Lillehammer '94. But yeah, '98 Olympics is the first game I remember playing, pretending I was an ice skater and a loser and a ski jumper. It was pretty fun running around those running around those things. I think Call I played it. the '94 one. Oh damn, Lillehammer! Shit, Slim's Slim's got me beat on the head. Shit. All I'm saying is, 
uh, AC, if you can uh, somehow superimpose Carlos Vela's face on like, you know, the the ski jumper on Nagano Olympics for one of the game covers, uh, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll do something great <laughs> for a match day poster. Watch like all the the whole season. They're like really good. And then like the last one was just like a clip art, like <laughs> like Nagano Olympics, Carlos Vela uh, vibe. That would be I would I would give it up for that. Please send me that because even if we don't put it out, it's getting made. <laughs> ah, there you go, there you go, there you go. Maybe a cover of the episode. Hey, 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 hey. So um, how, how did the concept that you guys are running with come about? Yeah, so Marcus was the one that kind of pitched it to Jeff and I. And then Jeff kind of brought the idea back to, to me and we kind of sat with it. And, you know, I think with, something I mentioned like earlier off the pod, it was like the movies were so, it was a, it was a really different thing for us because like the comic book covers were still pretty cool. And like, sure. There's like a niche audience that really like gravitates towards that stuff. Uh, But movies was a bit more on the popular side. So we were like, you know, some of these people will be easily like able to identify Uh, with video games. We're like, these are going to be so on the nose because you know, these are games that have been in, are massive right now in pop culture have been you know in the last you know 20 years so um it was something that we were like all right this seems like a really fun and cool opportunity to keep kind of like doing things that feel you know consistent with what we've done in the past but also kind of taking a little different route here and there you know so you know before you knew it we were just starting to spitball ideas back and forth and at first it was kind of just like we were all so excited to even think about having a theme that was like something so close to all of us and um you know we were getting ideas from people like pat and like quirk and like you know rosen and people who just like you know were just really eager to see what we were going to do so it it felt like a really fun collaborative process with a lot of people and like seeing that so many people are like resonating pretty well with it, it it's always it's always good well, you're pulling those nostalgia strings, which I think we kicked off the episode talking about. So maybe it's appropriate. We'll wrap up the episode talking about it. But Wally and Edgar weren't there for that conversation. So I'm curious about from their two perspectives, do you guys have a favorite match, a, a gaming match day poster you've seen so far this year of the ones that popped up? Um, yes, I think I saved one on my Insta because I fucked with it so heavy. Hold on. Whichever one used my photos the most, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell? Always, Which, I will say, I will say, I did really love the. I mean, I'm obviously biased because it was my photo, but the, <laughs> um, the one for the first derby that was Breath of the Wild. That one was great. Even though it's a more recent game, so not so much nostalgia, but that one was great. I've never even heard of Breath of the Wild. Is that what system are we talking? What kind of game is that? Legend it's of Zelda. A, yeah, uh, it's on the the Switch. So yeah, with, with some of these, like the the real like kind of like you know angle we've been taking is just kind of it doesn't matter if it's like an older game or like a newer game, just as long as it's something that we feel like feels relevant to the match or like it's something we just really were you know enjoying. Uh, we always want to try and integrate like you know the fun elements from the covers into the actual poster and like it just gives it an added layer of like being fun for both jeff and i and i know that he's oh. crazy on a ton yeah no while he's got his he, definitely 
It was definitely, come on. Oh, it was the oh. Vice City. Oh, yeah. And because, like, I was in I was in Southern Florida for most of winter, like I said. And so I left, like, you know, out of necessity a few days before that match. And I was so pissed that I wasn't it because, you know, I'm so close to the stadium for so long and so far from Bank of California Stadium at the time. And so it really felt like a missed opportunity not being able to attend that away day. But when I saw that, I just remember being like, oh, this is fire. Yeah, it is fire. It was fire. And I think that's probably the the one that people I would assume like resonated with the most because of that. The the cover so iconic with like the pink font. The game was in Miami and all that. That's great. The fact Um, that the game was in Miami really makes that one. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, that was probably a no-brainer, right? AC, when you guys came to that one, it was like, yeah, this is the one. Yeah, I think with the GTA series, it was like we kind of had pinpointed we wanted to do two games from it. And I think, you know, it was very clear from the get-go once we saw Miami was an away day. Like, we just had to make it happen. Um, yeah. I can't really speak too much on, on San Andreas yet just because I'm not, like, even sure what game or if Ooh. we are going to run with it. But I think, I mean – if Jeff and I are willing to take the the hand drawn illustrator, uh, you know, task on again, I mean, fuck it, I'd love to do it for when we go play at San Jose or something like that. It could be a really fun one. Love that. San vibe. Jose, San Ant. Oh, come on, it writes itself. It writes itself. We write ourselves, boys. Let's do a let's let's end the pod and jump into the recommendations real quick. Um, we love at the end of our pods with everybody to to hit a recommendation or two something we love to eat something we love to watch uh just a recommendation for something to do uh slimothy do you got a recommendation for the listeners this week i i didn't think of one yet give me a second classic 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 uh ac do you have a recommendation perhaps north hollywood themed Ooh, i'm gonna go with uh you know, I always got to shout him out. I always show him so much love anytime I get the chance, but it's got to be Jimmy's Burgers right here. No, I know uh, some of y'all might have had some, but it's it's honestly the best. They're really like just they've been in the neighborhood since my parents got here. And, you know, I ate there as a kid, I'm sure. I mean, I'm not sure if this is going to happen even anytime soon, but whenever I have a kid, you know, like they'll be eating there too. So it's kind of like a, crazy like full circle place that exists right here in my backyard so you know if you're ever in the valley north hollywood specifically you gotta stop by maybe you stop by there and you bring the burgers over to witset park and play a little pickup do they still got pickup over there oh man you got fools in construction boots playing every day man right at fucking lunch you got guys you know coming in off of work 3 4 p.m and just playing until 8 so it's not it's not about finding a pickup, it's just which one you're gonna join. Ooh, Witset hey. Parks, where it's at. Get your Jimmy's burgers and go to Witset. Edgar, you got any recos? North Hollywood, South Bay, or other related? Uh my recommendation is if you're into hardcore and don't mind possibly getting a couple teeth knocked out and maybe like a messed up back from going too hard. Not that I can speak from experience, but pull up to Sound and Fury in when is that? July? July. In our very own backyard at Expo Park. Come hang. It's gonna be a good time. I'm scared. Sound and Fury. Give it give us some of the give us some of the lineup, bro. Give us give us give we the got, what they want. Who do we got? We got Gulch's last ever show, probably, maybe, I think. 
we got drain we got no pressure we got i don't know ac help me out <laughs> we got the boys all the way from western sydney australia speed making their first time out to the west coast i believe monty got, jumping on stage in the midway with his western I, sydney wanderers jersey I or what? fully i was like yo man these these are the homies so he was really stoked to see that there was some some folks you know coming from western sydney but the lineup is stacked, and I think the most the most symbolic thing about that festival is it just being outdoors at Expo Park, man. It's like, the it's always kind of existed, and it's been a really massive part of the LA hardcore scene. And I think just like to have it be at such a location that kind of resonates with that similar energy to us uh, is going to be crazy. So looking forward to knocking a few uh, teeth out uh, to Gold's <laughs> last set at Expo Park. Love that vibe. Wally, do you got any recommendations afoot? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the weekend of the home opener, I came out here. Y'all know that. Y'all saw me. But that weekend was, you know, as much as I enjoyed being at the home opener, the dual purpose of the secondary uh, purpose of that dual purpose weekend was to come out and, like, survey Venice and come, like, look at the apartment that I was thinking about renting, walk the area, see if it was my vibe, right? And I rented an Airbnb uh, for three days in Venice, right down the street from where I am now in order to do so easily. And while I was like, when I just got off the plane, like fresh off traveling, the bus lets me off and I'm like, all right, I got to walk back to this motherfucker. That sucks. But I'm hungry. And I'm right across the street from this spot called Casablanca. And I'm like, Casablanca. All right. And I go over, I see what they're, I, I'm thinking it's going to be like some Moroccan shit straight up fucking Mexican like burritos and fucking margaritas and tacos. I'm like, I'm confused, but I'm hungry. And honestly, this sounds great. Yo, I step in there. Shout out, shout out to Haido. Shout out to Eric. Shout out to Lou. Like I got my people with first name. Like I stop in there a couple times a week, either to eat or to drink or both. If you're out in the Venice area, it's on Lincoln and Rose, so two pretty major thoroughways where they intersect. You leave Venice, California, and enter Casablanca. Tell them Ryan sent you. It won't do you any good, but maybe they'll be like, oh, I know that guy. Uh, yeah, it's delicious. Get the, get the spicy uh, margarita mix with mezcal and tahine on the rim. Thank me later. I've spent so many meals at Casablanca uh, in college and then with pull family up, and pull at up, different times. Pull, pull up, pull up. I will say, I will say, shout out to Wally. He's he's shouting out one of like the older school Venice establishments. I mean, that neighborhood has changed so much and continues to change so much and will continue to change so much. But Casablanca has been there for quite a long time. I don't know exactly how long, but I think it's been there for for decades and decades. It's my favorite. Uh, yeah, spot in Venice right it's, now. 1980 so 40 years um which is like an eternity in venice so it's been there through all the changes of that hood and it's it's a good spot for sure so cosine cosine while i'm at it i'm just gonna throw you know what? i'll just throw a venice recommendation in there too because it just popped off um there's a problem in the world right now which is called crazy expensive food everywhere you go and uh you can't really get around it and you're tired of going to in and out because that's like the only thing you can think of to eat uh, there's actually this spot called Window, which does smash burgers in Venice, and it's pretty good. It's like six bucks, six fifty for a for a double smash burger. And um, I think they've got they might have a couple other locations around town. I'm not sure, but I had it 
uh, yesterday. And yeah, a quick, affordable, easy, local little spot. Um, you, you, were in Ven- you were in Venice yesterday? Yes, and I totally forgot to hit you up my B. <laughs> I know. I just got off a plane from Japan and I have to get on one to Mexico. I'm, I'm all over the place. Fair enough. Uh, Slim, you want to close out the recommendation? It's not. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's not it. new. Um, but I've been getting on my Apple TV shit, so I finally caught up with Newsroom or more, the Morning Show. The Morning Show. Um, Newsroom was also not bad. If anyone ever saw it, Aaron Sorkin HBO show. Okay, I might need to check that one out. I'm looking for something new to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's about this whole cancel culture thing that's happening and. They, they, you know, film during the whole COVID thing. So, I mean, it's just a good show. If you have Apple TV, check it out. If you don't, get your money up, you brokies. <laughs> it has been another episode of the FCFC pod with the family back in L.A. Welcome back, Wally. Um, Appreciate you, man. Good to be back, family. Edgar's been here, but he's, he's in the NFL now, so he doesn't really like us as much. Uh, always good to see everybody. Thanks for listening. I can neither confirm or deny those accusations. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Peace. FCFC. FC, FC. FCFC. FC, FC. FCFC. FC, FC. FC, FC. FC, FC.